Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Happy Labor Day, Denver. Here's the Honorable Judge Dan Jacobs. I'm in the shape of an L on her forehead. Well, Welcome in the program. Our good friend, Mike Evans. Did you get sleep in a little bit today, Mike Evans? Yeah, it was wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate it. All of you laboring on Labor Day, I appreciate it. Yeah, I remember asking you one time, I'm like, you know, you've been doing the morning show for a good, good grief, what, decades now. Can you can you sleep in at all, or is it just like clockwork? And you get up and you're like, "Oh no, no, I'm not sleeping in. No problem, no problems at all." Usually, what happens is like I'll, I'll wake up kind of like around the time that I'm supposed to get up, and then I'm like, "Oh hell no!" <laughs> and then I go back to sleep for a couple hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I didn't realize this. I guess the Buffs game for Directv fans was blacked out over the weekend. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Um, that wasn't an issue for me, but yeah, I heard about that. That stinks. Yeah. But hey, at least you get your avalanche and nuggets, right? Ah, you think that's going to work? Aren't they going to try? So what I heard was they're going to, Crocky's going to try and get the rights to the Rockies. Although I've heard the egos might get involved there that, I don't know, will the Rockies and the the Monforts and the Crockies be able to, you know, coexist. But the plan is for the Crocky to gobble up the Rockies and then go to Comcast and say, well, listen, you got to sell us something now or, or give us some money now, right? You think that'll work? Well, I, I think it'd be a great idea, you know, put it all on one channel. I, I'd have no problem with that, but you tell me, you're, you've been the one that has been reporting on this so well throughout the whole saga. I, I mean, are they any closer to, to figuring this out? Is that the kind of move that would put this thing over the top? I'm skeptical because I think what... What Altitude thinks is, well, now if we have the Rockies, you gave the Rockies a deal last time. Now you have to give us a deal because we have the Rockies. And I think Comcast's position is going to be this whole thing, this RSN model has fallen apart. And therefore, we're just not going to do that anymore. We're not giving you a per prescriber. ESPN is now off in 20% of the country. That happened. I was talking in the first segment. I was in Dallas to take in the CU game. We are sitting in our hotel room watching ESPN and then Spectrum, which is kind of like Comcast, which has 20% of the ESPN households. They pull the plug right before a game and they said, that's it. No more ESPN uh, you know, on our, on our cable system to make a point. And so I think that model is just dead. And so I, I, I don't know that 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 will work, but I, I, I think if Altitude's smart, they'll pre-negotiate that. They'll say, all right, Comcast, if... We go get the Rockies. Will you give us something in the ballpark that'll make this work for us? So there's, there's a glimmer of hope, Mike. I, I'm certainly not. I'm not hopeful, though. Well, you see how this is going. It's it's just going to be all a la carte, and you, you pay for what you want, which is really the way it should be, rather than being force fed a bunch of stations that you don't want. Pay what you want. The problem is, is that the teams, the organizations, are going to realize, or they already know that it's just not going to be anywhere near as lucrative uh, with people just purchasing, uh, you know, a la carte. So uh, that's going to affect the amount of money they make. It's going to, it's going to affect production costs, talent costs, all that kind of stuff. So you can understand why they're probably uh, hesitant to do it, but that's, 
that's the direction we're going, right? Well, yeah, that was Comcast's argument from the start was like, we're happy to put you in, in a little tier where people can pay for it, but we can't charge everybody for this because not everybody wants it. And Altitude says, well, we can't survive under that model. It'll put us out of business and yada, yada, yada. But, yeah, so I don't know. where, And not just here, but, like, all along, because sports has always been fueled by the TV money, the salaries mm-hmm. and the profits and everything. And if that implodes, now network revenues, I, I'm sure, will stay the same. Like, you know, it, ESPN and Fox and all that, I'm sure that'll work out. But all this other stuff, I don't know, Mike. Like, it could be gone. Like, just, hey, yeah. if you don't want to stream yeah. it on from NBATV.com, then you're, you're screwed. I think so, you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. Oh, well. All right. So, hey, man, I uh, I was talking about this. people Because you've been here a quarter century, Mike. How does that feel Just when I say that? You've been uh, here in Denver a quarter century. I'm still hitting century. my stride. Hitting yeah, my stride. Just hitting your stride. But uh, before that... You were in Dallas, which my, I just did my first trip to Dallas and to Fort Worth. Seemed like a nice enough area um, to, to, to stroll through and take in a Bucky's or two, but not to live. Michael, what was your experience living out there? Oh, well, I loved it. It was only two years. Right. So you got to understand, for somebody who grew up back east, to be thrown into a completely different culture like Texas was, was eye-opening, but it was awesome. And I really enjoyed it. It was two years. I could not live there. Could not live there. Yeah. No way. No way. Too freaking hot. Too freaking hot. There's no mountains. There's nothing. So, no. Uh, give me Colorado any any day. And I think a lot of people are starting to realize that. Have you noticed, by the way, is it just me? Is it just me, Friday? Have you noticed how many Texas license plates have invaded Colorado? When you drive around, just, just kind of open your mind and your eyes to looking around and realize how many Texas license plates are now in Colorado. They're inundating us. They're coming. It used to be California. Now it's the Texans. It is. Well, and that's part of it. Like you were, you, were, you were mentioning, so my buddy that came in, he was coming in from Florida, and he's like, wow, man, there's no water. There's no mountains. There's nothing here. He's, and then he, was, he kept looking at the grass because he, he lives in Tampa and everything's green and lush. And he's like, why is the grass yellow? I said, because it's burning up. It's 110 degrees here. It's on fire. That's why you didn't notice. He's like, oh, wow. It's really weird to him. So it was nice. Everybody was nice. It was pleasant. It was, you know, good food. But good God, yeah, I wouldn't want to live there. Yeah, no, if, if I'm single, you know, or if it's just, you know, you're, you, you don't have kids, I would not want to raise a family there. It's just there's nothing to do, you know. Yeah. There's nothing to do. So except go to football games on Friday night. Yeah, so – uh, talk, we were talking about this. Uh, we'll get into the game, of course. But here's the question we had just before the break. Remember when uh, I see you, boy, Philip Lindsay said this. He says, if you're not with us when we win five games or seven games, I don't want you with us here next year when we win five games under Vic Fangio, right? Remember that? Right. If you're not with us now, I don't want you with, you, with us later. Uh, but I think Coach Prime came out and says, nope, there's plenty of room, obviously with the huge upset. CU is the talk, the epicenter of the college football world. What's the rule? What's the decorum? What is the protocol, Mike Evans? You're the dean. Uh, is everybody welcome? Uh, or is everybody that's been piling on and trashing CU for years, uh, are they allowed on or are they off? Of course you're allowed on. Come on, that's that's always been the way it, it, it's gone, is that whenever a program, a team, a professional team, college team is down, and whenever they – 
turn it around. Of course people jump on the bandwagon. It's something that's been happening since sports began. So it's it's no big deal, and I, I don't buy the idea that, well, you weren't with us through the tough times. All right, so I guess I'll use this as a comparison. I guess then everybody should be in on CSU football. We at the fans should be covering CSU football extensively. I mean, they're horrible right now, right? They're dreadful, but, right, we're supposed to – follow it and cover it extensively now because when they do turn it around if they turn it around we want to be able to say that we were on the bandwagon right from the start no that's that's bs so no it's it's the way it works and just look at cu look at cu themselves i mean look at the people uh the students and the 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 excitement um plenty of people who are cu uh, alumni cu students cu media I mean, they've all jumped on the, the bandwagon. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Uh, I love how Dion's playing the keeping the receipts thing, the, the, the bravado, the swagger, uh, the, the cockiness, uh, all, all in an attempt to build his, his team up. Um, I think it's tremendous. So good for him, uh, but you better beat Nebraska. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> better yeah. beat Nebraska. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Now, just a quick side note on this conversation, because I've been having fun with DMAC, because DMAC says there are no Rockies fans. They don't exist, okay? There's there's almost no Rockies fans. Look at what they're doing down there. And I know everybody wants to make excuses and kill them. Oh, nobody goes to the Rockies game for the game. They can't name the, you know, the starting shortstop, this, that, and the other. When they are in their worst season in franchise history, they are almost, they may take over the Red Sox. For bodies through the turnstiles in a season, like people are going down there and supporting this organ, you know, this team, this product with their hard-earned dollars more than than uh, I think they're going to be thirteenth in the league in attendance, maybe twelfth. Like when they're bad, can you imagine what it will be like when they get good again? I think I think Rockies fans deserve credit for that. Even though our our good buddy in the afternoon show says, "Oh, there is no such thing as a Rockies fan," can we give them some credit? Uh, no. Uh, no, 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 no. What, what, what's happening down there at, at Stan, Pat and Blake is <laughs> a business, a business model. Let, let me tell you something. 200 years from now, they're going to be holding business classes about the uh, Rockies business model in, uh, in, in the 2020s. I mean, it's, it's remarkable. I've never seen anything like it. They, they have a terrible baseball team and yet people just willingly hand over their money. Uh, but yeah, let, let's be clear. It, we're, if you want to talk about how many Rockies fans are going to the game, yeah, I'm with DMAC. I think it's a pretty small number. But when you start to add in the, you know, hey, we're looking to go out and have a good time. We're looking for a good night out, a family night out. The rooftop is open. Hey, I'm a fan of the Braves. I'm a fan of the Dodgers. They're in town. Let's go see them. I think if you start to kind of parse out who exactly is going to the games, you'll realize there aren't that many Rocky fans going to the games. You can't do that when you're getting 32000 a night. Yeah, you can. Like 32, it's, 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 a, it's a business model. It's a business model unlike any I think we've ever seen in sports. Well, that's honestly. only because of the passion of the people here in Colorado, though. Yeah, it's yeah, it's overly simplistic to say, ah, but, the numbers but, don't Dan, add up, Mike. But Dan, but Dan, to the whole point of the, 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 the bandwagon thing, it, remember back to Rocktober, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I remember my family actually went to a game right at the start of of when they started to get hot. Yet you never, trust me, that night sitting there, you never ever would have suspected that they were getting ready to go on the wall that they went on. And there was no buzz. I mean, nobody was talking about the Rockies. And yet they, they got hot. 
And you remember how it was. It was the biggest, biggest story in town. Lodo was packed. There was like, you, you, you know, you went out like I think uh, midway through the playoff run, and it's like if you went outside, all of a sudden, like everybody had Rockies gear on. It was like a transformation, like an overnight transformation. Everybody had Rockies gear on. Everybody jumped on the bandwagon. Rocktober is one of the great, great um, moments uh, in, in time that this sports city has ever seen, and and that was a classic example of everybody jumping on the bandwagon. I, I don't have a problem with it. Looking back on it, do you? Oh no, absolutely not. I I think that's what, what I think we have some of the greatest fans in the world in this city. And by the way, in particular, baseball fans. I just happen to disagree with you guys as far as like there are no Rockies fans. I think there are because they've always been in the top in attendance since we've gotten the team from day one. And I just think it's overly simplistic to say, "Oh, they're just there to party," like, dude. Like mm. they, there's thirty two thousand right, a night. We'll have to disagree on that one. Yeah, but so speaking of uh, something special happening, um, this band and I'm I, don't, I hate to call it bandwagon because I think it's just people getting very very excited. Um, I mean, what else? Like you said, what else were you going to do with the CU team? They won one game last year. They've been terrible for fifteen years. Um, but people rallying around. I, I've never seen anything like what Deion Sanders is doing here. Mike, I mean, can you equate it to anything you've seen in 30 years of covering sports? No, no, I, I, I can't. I mean, you, you are talking about a program that was was on life support. It, it really was. And to see, even before they played on Saturday, to see what had happened in the span of a year. If, if a year ago at this time somebody had come to you and said, Hey, one year from now, Colorado is going to be Colorado football is going to be the talk of the college football world. Their first game is going to be the most highly anticipated game of week one in college football. Their spring football game, which for years they couldn't give away tickets, will be sold out and on national TV. You you would have you would have told that person they were nuts. They were certified loony bin. And yet here we are, and it is, it's remarkable, but you know what, now having watched the game on Saturday, you know, Deion Sanders throughout the course of his career, he's always made backing up the hype, backing up the talk effortless. You know, the guy just, he did it so easily, right? I mean, you know, he would, he would write checks for himself that you're like, there's no way this guy's going to be able to cash, and yet he did it, but it's one thing for just one person to be able to follow through on that hype for himself, but to project it over the entire team and the entire program and all these players and to get them to all buy into it and to have that, that confidence and that swagger. Uh, I, I, I think it's remarkable. I, it, it is truly one of the most unique things I've ever seen in covering sports. I can't wait to see how it all plays out. I can't wait to see how these next uh, few games go because now suddenly everything changes, right? I mean, whatever expectations you had for this team automatically go up, right? If you thought they were only going to win three games, now you're automatically thinking that they can win six and go to a bowl game. I always thought that the realistic expectation to keep all this hype going from the offseason was they had to get to a bowl game to truly keep this hype going. I I fully expect them to be in a bowl game now. Now the question is, what can they do in the Pac-12? Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, all right, I got just a couple more minutes with you, Mike. We got to talk a little Broncos. Uh, game week is upon us. Raider week is upon us. A big, actually, a couple, you hate to say it, but early in the season, there's a couple they kind of have to nab if they're going to be legitimate this year with the Raiders starting this week. Are we going to see a big CU-type turnaround with the Broncos this year? Well, first of all, it's an absolute must-win. And, you know, I, I get into this with DMAC. We'll probably get into it on our, our pregame show from uh, uh, Mile High Station on, on Sunday prior to the game when we uh, start broadcasting at noon because I – I have no problem calling these early season games must win. And he always pushes back. It's not a must win because the standings say it's not a must win. It's not a must win until, you know, you're facing elimination. I, I no, I'm sorry. There are just some games that you, you have to win. And for a team that has lost six straight to the Raiders, unforgivable, that makes it a must win because it is uh, one of the games on the schedule that if you have any hope of winning 10 games and being in the playoffs, you would point to this game at home as one that you you have to get that you should get, and then it's just a it's just a matter of paying off all the momentum uh, that that you've created. Like I'll, I'll use quickly the the CU comparison. After all that hype, if they had gone out and lost by thirty points, I mean it would have fallen kind of with a thud, right? All that momentum, sure. yeah, you had to keep it going, and now now it's even gone to a a whole nother level of height, but same thing for the Broncos. You've, you've had all this belief in Sean Payton, all this belief that man, Nathaniel Hackett was a clown show. Uh, all this belief that, that Russell Wilson's going to be better. You gotta pay it off in week one. If not, it's just going to be a colossal setback. So absolutely, absolutely unequivocally must win against the Raiders week one. Okay. Then the next logical question for our listeners who trust they go to the morning show. It's the name they can trust. It's Schlereth and Evans. What say you, Mike Evans, week one? They must win this game. Will they win this game? Yeah, they'll win this game. Yeah. I, I you know, not, I don't, I can't tell you if it's going to look awesome. You know, I can't tell you if it's going to be dominant, but they'll win this game. And I think really one of the key factors here, um, Jimmy Garoppolo did not practice at all during the offseason um, at all. So, you know, you're talking about coming back in. Now, he does have familiarity with Josh McDaniels from their time spent in New England. That helps. But uh, no offseason, no OTAs, no mini camps, trying to kind of get it all up to speed during training camp. And as we saw with Russ, you know, that it was a process and it took a while to get everybody kind of on the same page. And we're still not absolutely convinced that it's, you know, the page is, Everyone's on the same page. So I think that's kind of the key. I, I'm, I, I think the Broncos will have a chance to kind of feast defensively. And that, then it's just a matter of uh, gaining enough offense, avoiding mistakes, um, special teams, all that. But, yeah, I, I think this is definitely a game that they I could see them winning, you know, 23-17. to 17. All right. Are you more confident they will win this game or were you more confident they would beat the Seahawks to open the season last year? Oh, much more confident that they win this game. Really? Yes. Come on, yes. Mike. Yes. Yes. Oh no, I was, I was, I was very leery about that that Seattle game, just from the standpoint of they didn't play in the preseason. First year head coach, Russ going back to to Seattle. You knew the crowd was going to be at a fever pitch. No, I was much more worried about that game than I am this game. And I know, I know, I know they've lost six straight to the Raiders. But I mean, come on, I, you know, enough's enough, right? Law of averages. Let's factor that in too. 
All right, Mike Evans, you're the best. Hope you have a great uh, rest of your holiday. Thanks for taking some time. See you next weekend. All right, we'll see you then. We'll uh, I'll sharpen up the old uh, wedges. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, that's Mike Evans. You want to react to him? It's your chance. Coming up next. Happy Labor Day, Denver. Here's the Honorable Judge Dan Jacobs. All right, our thanks to Mike Evans. Let's get caught up here on some uh, text here. Ramoswa.com text line. Dan, you're spot on. As impressive as Shadour and Travis were, the absolute most impressive part of the game was Coach Prime and his staff, the preparedness, leadership, execution, and situation. Well, football decisions were the best I've ever seen under those circumstances. Yeah, I I thought it was great. There's another guy saying that Shadour Sanders is one of the most already. before Before he ever took the field, Shadour Sanders was one of the most one of the best players in the history of college football. And everybody knew that. Okay. Now let's pump the brakes a little bit. I was asking the question, who are you more excited about coming into this week? Because there was a texture. And I don't know, man. There's some of you, some of you out there a little cranky today. I don't know why. Because you have to work tomorrow. Are you nursing nursing something from the weekend? I don't know. Some of you are a little cranky today, but somebody somebody texted, seriously, Dan, see you talk, seriously, bro? Like, what do you mean? Like, yes, we're talking see you. Like, the, the, probably the biggest story in sports right now. They're, they're in like two or three different spots on ESPN.com's front page. Like, it's college football opening weekend. They were by far the biggest story in college football this weekend. Yeah, we're talking about it. They went from the worst team in college football last year to the biggest story in college football this year. Like, and, and, and what's that? What's the turnaround on that? I don't know, five months, six months? I Come on, man. Yes, of course we're talking about it. So I was asking, I said, in fact, not only that, but I'll take you one further, right? Because Broncos rule this town. Like, we know that. It's a Broncos town. That's what we are. And throughout the history of this station, we's all, we've always known that, yes, everybody says they always want you to talk about everything, but the reality is, unless it's like, okay, well, the Nuggets are winning the title, or the Abs are winning a title, and even then, even with the Abs, sometimes it's like they still really don't want you to talk about it that much. Because you want to talk about what we were talking about with Mike, or like, like D-Mac says, there are no really Rockies fans. <laughs> You know, because like D-Max thing is, oh, Rockies fans can't name the starting sh- shortstop. What do you what do you think goes on with Avs fans? It's like Craig Carton when he used to host on this station. He's like, dude, there's about 20,000 Avalanche fans and they all go to the games. That's it. Nobody else knows anything about the team. Like it's worse with Avs fans. So we know that the Broncos are what moved the meter in this town. But I, I will ask this question again because, I'm you know, we asked it before we had Mike on. Honestly, what are you more excited about heading into next weekend? CU versus Nebraska or Broncos versus Raiders? And I got to be honest, I'm more excited 
more anticipation for me about CU versus Nebraska. Somebody else here says, uh, way more excited about CU. Broncos who? Hey, Dan, I don't mind the buff talks. At least they're competitive. I don't, I don't think it's um, – I do think it's sad that the best quarterback in Colorado is playing in Boulder and not the quarter-billion-dollar waste of money in draft capital. That's from Pat and Firestone. Now, you know, we don't have to – you know, we don't have to drag down Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is doing the best he can. I did make the comparison, though. I said it's interesting that Shadur Sanders – at his level, looks way more polished and in command and ready to go and comfortable and in charge than what we're seeing out of Russell Wilson right now. Like, Shador Sanders, and he has, he is patient back there. He drops back, and he is not looking to tuck and run. That's not who he is. Like, he will, and he'll use his feet to buy time, Much, you know, kind of like, and I hate to say it because he's not Patrick Mahomes, but similar to like a Patrick Mahomes as opposed to what we are seeing out of Russ right now. Russ is in panic mode. Like, Russ is gripping. Like, even, like, he started off camp tough and he got better throughout camp. So we can we can have some optimism with Russ, too. Like, that's possible. Let's get to week one. That's what I've said the entire camp. Let's not just start out negative about the Broncos. Let's get Sean Payton has a track record. Let's see what he can do. The assumption is they'll be better strictly by having an adult in charge. And that's not just a shot at Hackett. That's in the front office. That's from ownership and all that because you have one guy in charge, and that's Sean Payton. And making decisions and being through the fire and all that stuff. Presumably, just that fact alone, they're going to be better. They're going to get the benefit of that, even if they're not much better talent-wise. And that Russell Wilson will get the benefit of that. So we don't have to trash Russell, but I'm telling you, putting them side by side and they compete at different levels, Shador Sanders looks way more the real deal right now. What you're seeing out of Russell is drop back. If he doesn't see it, panic and run. That's what you're seeing. You're seeing panic running out of Russell Wilson. And that may look good early on, but NFL de- defenses figure that out, and he's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt if that's the way this, th- this, se- this season rolls on. It's just going to happen. That is not sustainable. And Shador Sanders looks like the real deal. This one says, as a Broncos fan, I am way more excited for CU and you. The Broncos are going to have to reel me back in. Nothing about the Broncos team has me truly truly excited for the season. We all know darn well that the eh, we'll just go on the typical we'll go to the next one. Typical CU overreaction. Good win, but we don't know what TCU is. Go Canes. Well, I can't I can't, you know, hate on the Go Canes thing. But I don't think it's overreaction. Like it's a monumental win. For CU, and I won't, I, I, I won't understate it. It's fantastic. Now, do they have to go in and beat Nebraska? I'm, super, I'm shocked. Now the lines moved a little bit. I'm shocked that the line in the Nebraska game started so close. 
Prime will only last as long as he's not seemed to be a threat to the football haters in the CU administration, faculty, and the hippies in the Boulder public. If he gets too big, they will find a way to bring him down. I don't think they're influences that. You know, listen, if he's bringing in money and wins and and everybody's behaving themselves, you ain't bringing that guy down. They've been waiting years for something like this. Years. Decades. Not years. Decades. He's the single biggest force in college football right now. And my biggest concern was if he didn't win right away, it could flame out. It could flame out real quick. But... 1-0 right now. And now's not the time to be doubting him. Got to beat Nebraska. I don't think CU's, you know, CU's, the CU win is in doubt. But now if you just win the games you're expected to win, even if you drop a game to a USC, maybe you drop a couple games in the Pac-12. Dude, that sets you up perfectly for next year. Let's see what else we got here. The worst part of all this is I've been going to CU games the last six years, and now I can't even afford a ticket. I used to work for a company that had tickets, and they couldn't even give them away. Yeah, it's getting tough. It's getting tough. But, hey, man, that's the price of success. And, and hey, you could have bought tickets. They're more expensive. But I don't know what sporting event is affordable anymore. And what, what's your budget? How much, how important is it to you? Some, you know, affordability is relative. How do you choose to spend your money? You could have bought tickets. Tickets are on sale. There are tickets to CU games, I'm sure. Well, I don't know if they sold out over the weekend or not, but CU raised their ticket prices, but you could get into the CSU game for $125 a person. And I understand people are like, oh, I'm not paying that. That's way too much. Well, I don't know what to tell you. If, you, if, if that's your perspective, fine. But that's what the market is. I don't know if they're sold out or not. But the, the, days, of, the days of $20 tickets or $50 tickets are gone for the time being. It's hard to get into sporting events for cheap anymore. It's, it's really, really expensive. Try going to a Broncos game. How cheap do you think you can get into a Broncos game? Do you think you're taking a family of four to a Broncos game for anything less than a thousand a thousand dollars right now? By the time you by the time you're all in at a Broncos game, I would be shocked if you're in there for less than eight hundred to a thousand dollars. And they're not good right now. They've been very bad for seven or eight years, and it's still costing you a fortune. Uh, the Rockies are probably the most affordable ticket in town. I get, well, I guess, you know, CU or Air Force, so yeah, you can go to those games. It's very, it's it's fun to go to a, a C, uh, Air Force game. Right? You got the you got the Jets flying over. You got the Falcon flying around the stadium. You got competitive football. They, they, were, they were good. Good afternoon, Dan. I was so impressed with the play calling. That was unbelievable. The whole thing was impressive. Trying to see here. Oh. Yeah, I, I can't go back and forth with you, guy. Like, like you know, if you want to double down, you know, I can't I can't get into it with you. If you want to double down on your, on your ignorance, I, I can't help you. I'm sorry. Move along. 
Um, anyone complaining about CU talk is jealous, CSU, or a Nebraska fan? This is a big story. I mean, oh, it's silly. <laughs> I don't know. There are just some angry people out there today. Um, can Sanders and Hunter get drafted next year? Would love a second year with those guys. No, I think they're coming back, right? And I did appreciate Mike Mike Sanders uh, coming on. Oh, here's here's a good one. Um, as a CSU alum, even I was excited to see what Prime could do. It helped cope with what I saw the first quarter of the CSU game before I changed channels to something uplifting like the Disney Channel. Yeah, see, man, it's, it's going to be tough for CSU. I thought this was, you know, Coach, Nova, Coach Norvell is going to be better this year. What happened to Broncos pride in this town? It's completely lost. It's so sad. Oh, here's one, finally. This is Broncos country, way more excited for Broncos versus Raiders. Now, it's a little bit different conversation, right? Now, I've got to go to a timeout here, but it's a little different conversation because it's NFL. NFL's king. Of course, my Sunday's going to be dominated by watching NFL football. But are you more excited? I mean, maybe you are. Like, if you're more excited about the Broncos, and, and, and listen, I'm legitimately excited about the Broncos, too, because I'm excited about, because there's a, a, at least a potential for hope with Sean Payton coming in here, a new regime. There's a potential that something special is happening with the Broncos, too. And that's that's another conversation that we can get into next. I don't know. Is Sean Payton, is he the Broncos coach prime? He's not, he's not as, um, he's not the same but can he bring the same elements to the Broncos? We'll talk about that coming up next. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. Happy Labor Day, Denver. Here's the Honorable Judge Dan Jacobs. You know I like my girls a little bit older. I just want to use your love tonight. to a couple more here. As a lifelong Huskers fan, I am excited for the Buffaloes and pretty scared for Saturday. Yes. I, I would be if I were you. Although, you guys will travel well. I bet you'll be a lot of red there. I remember when I went to the uh, Rose Bowl. It was Miami versus Nebraska. And now, Nebraska fans were rude. You guys were very cocky before the game. But you were like obnoxious. You were a little bit much to take, like in the airports and this and that, but by halftime, you were very gracious. Oh, you know, it was that, it was that type of thing. Um, let's see here. CU Buffs is a national story, so certainly should be a topic here on the fan. The haters can just move along and take the L on the way out. The energy, compassion, and positivity that Dion Sanders shows his players is great. And I think it's great how he called out his doubters and ta- has taken receipts of those that have. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just fun right now. Travis Hunter is the best player in college football. That's from Steiner and Erie. Uh, somebody says Sanders will be eligible for the draft, but Hunter is a true sophomore and will be back. Okay, thank you for getting us up to speed on that. Um. Afternoon, Dan. Happy Labor Day to you. Just got back from the Labor Day Parade in Louisville. It was awesome. 
I was most impressed with the fact that their lines um, were their lines were severely upgraded, held up against TCU's lines. Yeah, well, the defensive line was not. So that was what we heard going into the game, right? Like the offensive line and the defensive line were for CU were, were going to be a big, big problem. And remember Tom Luganbill right before the game says, hey, you think UMass's roster is bad? The worst uh, roster in the country, <laughs> CU may give him that. And he was really trashing the uh, CU's offensive and defensive lines. CU's offensive line was fine. Like really held up remarkably well throughout the game. The defensive line was not great. They they did not get a lot of pressure on TCU. There were a couple, especially that late in the game, just a couple key times. And, man, and I know they lack depth. It, to keep up with the short rotations in that heat, it, it was amazing. So, yeah, they're going to. I mean, they gave up 42 points. So let's not act like it's all, you know, sunshine and rainbows. Defensively, they have some work to do, but it's the first game of the season. And if they can keep it together, remember they play in the Pac-12. There's <laughs> that's kind of what happens in the Pac-12. But if it, give Dion another year to go out and get some talent, to go to the portal and then get some defensive line help and to recruit, yeah, that that'll be good. Um, let's see here. QB Sanders' quick decision-making was great. Amazing play. He will only get better. I mean, it was fantastic. And then, yeah, he, there were like three drops. Somebody else was saying that on the um, te- text line. You know, he had three drops, yeah. It was just I, the, the poise was, was, was fantastic. Dan, you are spot on for the price of a sporting event. is directly relative to the quality of the team. That also um, explains why there are 32,000 fans a night for Rockies games because you can still get in for $20 or sometimes less. That's from Danny in Lakewood. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's affordable. It's going downtown. There's, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of reasons why people like to go to Rockies games. And I'm not saying that every single one of those 32,000 fans that goes to a Rockies game is a diehard Rockies fan. Like, how many diehard Rockies baseball fans are out there anymore? Like, I even got DMAC to admit this one time, a couple years back. Like, are you guys sitting around the house? And this was when his boys were still in the house and during the summers. He's like, are you guys sitting around watching every pitch of a baseball game? He's like, well, no, but it's on. And no matter what we're doing, we're keeping an eye on the game. And, you know, during key moments, we're watching and this and that. Like, how could you watch that much baseball? And he's like, well, yeah, nobody's doing that. And it's like, okay. So I don't expect all 32,000 people to be going to sit there with their eyes glued on the game and watching every single pitch. About it, you know, like... They're going down there for a good time. That's what sports is there for. This this constant desire to bash the people that are going to the game or to for for us to get on our soapboxes and to decide for them what what's the appropriate way for them to watch the game is crazy. Like they're there to have a good time. And I don't care if they want to go to the party deck and like the killing of the Monforts for having the party deck. I don't get that either. 
the the whole reason for the party deck was to enhance the fan experience. Why is that a problem? Well, that means we're not serious baseball fans. I don't care. They're passionate enough to go to the game and to plunk down their money and to support the team. And I understand we don't want them to support the team because it it supports bad ownership. I understand that. But I'm not going to hate the fan. You know, listen, I've talked about it enough. Like, it's too late. The go, You know, the, the Metro District gave them McGregor Square. The Monforts, they're financially set now. The only hope that you can have, here, here's, here's what I don't understand about the Monforts. Because I don't think Dick Monfort's a bad guy. I think he wants to win. And it's all, it's easy for us to spend his money. Right? Because we all want to say, well, billionaires can just spend money and they can just win. It's not that simple, especially when you're on the bottom of the pecking order and you got the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Padres and all those guys that literally can spend infinite money almost infinite money, to win. And even they don't win every year. And so he does have to do it in the confines of a system. So I, I don't want to make excuses for, for the Monforts, for Monfort. But he's just, he's, he's loyal to a fault, and, and nobody wants to look themselves in the mirror and ask the hard questions. But my point is, if he likes making money, if you just ask yourself those hard questions and say, well, how do we really have to do this? If they like making money off 32000 a night, how much money do you think you'd win off 48000 a night or 52000 a night? How many they could pack in there? Because if they were really that good, like they would be rolling in it. Just rolling in it. Now this texture, I don't know what he's saying. Dan, you say, let's not trash William and trash Wilson, and then you turn around and trash Wilson. Not surprised. I don't know. Am I trashing Russell Wilson? I'm just trying to be honest. What do we say? No, Russ is fixed. We have an article I was going to talk about maybe later in the show. Coach Payton went on a podcast. I think it was Peter King's podcast. Basically says Russ is fixed. It was Hackett's fault. Throw Coach Hackett under the bus some more. And, hey, Russell's fixed. I'm just shooting you straight. They're trying to turn Russell Wilson into a game manager, and he's just panicked. He's scared to death. I'm not killed him. I'm not getting personal. I'm not attacking him. I'm trying to be fair to the guy. George Payton's the one that's going to be, uh, excuse me, Sean Payton's the one that's going to be throwing him under the bus when he cuts him at the end of the year to save his own skin. Talking about the coach. I'm trying to be fair. I'm not trying to trash Russell Wilson, but what we're seeing out of him right now is not trying to win the MVP, Russ, not Super Bowl caliber Russ. It's scared to death, Russ. That's what we're seeing right now. And that's what, you know, we'll, we'll know more six days from now. Dan, did you see the video of the pregame speech Dion did? Had me ready to play it. I'm 50. Ha ha. I know, it's phenomenal, man. How could you not be excited about it? I mean, it was fantastic. All right, coming up next, we like to, you know, every time I'm on, not every time, every week that I'm on, um, we want to visit with James Merrill. So we'll get to him. I um, also want to tell you about 
Fan football pick them. Go up against the fan host. Weekly winner gets $250 to King Supers. And the grand prize winner gets groceries for a year. It's very easy. Go to denversports.com slash picks. That's denversports.com slash picks to get in on all the fun. All right, coming up next, we'll check in with our favorite son of denversports.com, James Merlin. Coming up next.